Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again. The Hornets on a four-game win streak about to embark on Probably their toughest stretch of the season, 11 of the next 13 on the road. And to talk about the road ahead, we've got the television play-by-play voice of your Charlotte Hornets, the great Eric Collins. Eric, thanks so much for joining us again here on the HHC. Hey, Sam, my pleasure, man. Love talking, uh, particularly when the Hornets have a nice winning streak going on. And they're playing as well as the results, too. You know, it's uh, it's not a mirage, man. The Hornets are really doing fun things that it's it's clear to everyone watching that this team is getting better and better and better. I think one of the signs that they really are playing some of their best basketball is that they're finding ways to win even when they don't seem to have everything clicking. The Detroit game, they didn't shoot well, but they found a way to get to a win. The other day against Sacramento, the defense was not spectacular. They, they were missing some assignments, particularly on the inside, but they still find a way to get to a win. What does that say about this team and its development and its path towards ending this playoff drought? Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I don't know how many times in years past that the Hornets almost needed to play perfect basketball to kind of go toe-to-toe with certain teams. And the fact that they are, you know, maybe not doing everything right at all times, it it bodes well for the future. And I, I like the fact that the common denominator in every one of these wins has been the fourth quarter. The Hornets have played great in the fourth quarter on both ends of the floor and made clutch shots um, and been tied together as a unit, uh, listened to the coaching staff, and uh, it's just been, you know, winning time. The, the teams that can perform and perform consistently are the great ones, and the Hornets have done that. I don't, relatively small sample size, but the Hornets have been magnificent in the fourth quarter, and that's just a, a thing of beauty. A clutch time, it, it's unreal. 
the team, I, I looked this up the other day, the team has not lost a game by five points or less since, I think, mid-January now. And that's just unreal. I mean, it, it's the NBA. Everyone is getting paid to do this. Everyone is extremely talented. At some point, either you're not going to quite come through in those clutch moments or your opponent will. And it's been, I mean, 24 games since the Hornets last lost a quote-unquote close one. It's, it's amazing. And it's it, sometimes it seems as if it's always Terry Rozier making big shots. But if you if you peel it back a little bit, you know I can vividly recall Gordon Hayward making a game winner. Uh, Malik Monk had a game winner. Uh, Devontae Graham has had big shots. Miles Bridges, totally under the radar, has made big shots to keep the Hornets within shouting distance in these fourth quarters. PJ Washington has been nails. And I, it, when when sometimes when teams win with clutch play down the stretch, they hand it to their best player and they say, "Please get us a win." The fact that the Hornets aren't doing that. I think it's something that puts a smile on my face because truly these are all team wins and everyone's contributing to the success that the Hornets are having late in games. Could not agree more. And I, I'd even go one step further. The other night against Sacramento, you know, the the two top players on the team clearly seem to be Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, at least in, in these situations, who's who's going to have the ball in their hands? Certainly other players that you mentioned, LaMelo Ball even has had the ball in his hands in these situations. But those two seem to be the first options. And, I mean, you've been around star players for a long time. You know that sometimes if the play isn't drawn up for them, it's like a wide receiver on a run play. They're, they're just, you know, they're not, they're not doing much. They're just out there on their island. But the other night against Sacramento, uh, clutch moment, Play certainly seemed to be designed for Gordon Hayward to break down the defense. Terry Rozier didn't go off in the corner. He didn't, you know, stop running his route. He relocates. Gordon Hayward sees a double team come at him, finds him, and Rozier drills the shot. Just perfect team basketball executed under pressure. Yeah, and and also Terry doing what everyone knows he does basically better than anyone else in the league. Catch and shoot, you know. Guys are being asked to do things that they know they are very good at. You know, they're not asking LaMelo Paul to post up someone down in the block. You know, they're not asking Cody Zeller to do something and, and shoot a 16-footer off balance. I like the fact that everyone seems to understand, okay, this is what I do well, and this is how I can help the team, and put me in a spot so I can do that thing and help this team get a W. And and Terry, with a catch and shoot, man, I just it's, it's almost like a fail-safe. Like, I just don't think he's ever going to miss when he's in rhythm and he catches the ball in stride and fires it up. These big moments have provided a lot of fun calls, and you have already had your following, rightfully so, but you're getting uh, a lot of national attention and a lot of big-time write-ups, and I know you've told me you, you don't pay attention too much to uh, what other people are saying about you, but do you, do you, what does it feel like to you know, have it be relayed to you from people like me or, or be written about in The Observer? And, hey, by the way, Eric, you're, you're blowing up on Twitter again. What does that feel like for you? Well, it's awesome. You know, it's great because, you know, this organization just deserves everything. I, to me, I think that this organization has done so many things right. Um, I've now been with the team for six years. And I like the fact that, you know, people are opening their eyes and saying, hey, you know, there's a basketball team and – in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, that plays exciting basketball, that has good players and young players who are getting better. You know, they've got the best uniform combination in, in all of professional sports. And I like the fact that people are paying attention. I do think that LaMelo Ball 
Um, I think that I definitely underestimated his global influence. You know, I think that there are people over in Indonesia right now who can tell you chapter and verse about his season a year ago over in Australia, you know, and they knew about him when he's playing in Lithuania. You know, it's, um, I didn't really understand everything that LaMelo brought when he came to the team. I knew he was going to be a good player, but I didn't know that off the court he had so many eyeballs following every single move that he makes. And I do think that that has something to do um, with people noticing you know, our broadcasts that we're doing this year. So I will take all of the pat on the backs. I think that's fantastic. And I really do appreciate it because uh, it's nice. And it just means that, you know, the Hornets are playing well. And that's something that I'm all about, too, because it makes all our jobs so much easier. It is March Madness in, in the bracket season. I'm curious for you, your number one seed go-to call in a big moment is it how do you do or hum diddly d? What what's your what's your number? They're both spectacular, but what's your number one? I think probably how do you do? That's kind of just fits every circumstance. Uh, hum diddly d is a little bit you know there's there's some glee in that there's some joy and it has to be kind of really super special, but also with a little bit of of uh, charm and a little bit of distinctiveness there. Uh, how do you do? Is just the, it's a catch all for anything that's fantastic is. Anything that you can say in amazement is, how do you do? They, they both, fortunately, have been used a lot as the Hornets are hot, uh, currently on a four-game win streak, 20-18. and 18. Tough road ahead, though, and we're going to talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Eric Collins, television play-by-play voice of the Hornets with us today on the HHC. And Eric, as well as things have gone for Charlotte, 20-18, and 18, top six in the Eastern Conference, the road is about to get very difficult. In the very near future, they've got five straight games against Western Conference opponents, four of whom are playoff contenders, three of whom think they're title contenders, and most of the basketball world thinks they are too. Then after that, they'll come home, play Phoenix and Miami, two of the hottest teams in the NBA at Spectrum Center, and then go right back on the road again for uh, an Eastern Conference gauntlet. What do you think the expectation should be for the next 13 games? Well, I think that James Borrego needs to really rely on his veterans, Gordon Hayward, Bismarck Biombo, Cody Zeller, Terry Rozier, and make sure that everyone understands, you know, this is playoff. This is basketball playoff implications. And we can't get too high and we can't get too low because every other team in the Eastern Conference that the Hornets are battling still has to go out West and still has to play the exact same slate that the Hornets are going to play. So I think that the Hornets, if they do go on a two-game losing streak, if they lose three in a row, if, if they feel like you know they're not playing great basketball and the losses are piling up, I think they need to really be professional about it and say, you know what, everyone else is going to have to do this as well. So we may ebb, we may flow. Um, but everyone else is going to have that same type of situation. So um, it was nice to get those three consecutive wins on this homestand and kind of you know pad the stats a little bit because I just can't imagine a world in which you're going to come back you know, feeling great about what you did on this five-game road trip. I think winning two games of this next five would feel like you're stealing. 
Um, the fact that the Hornets did win three of their last six on their last West Coast road trip, um, that obviously is great because it gives them good feelings and the good vibes as they head out for this one. Um, but you just can't beat yourself up if you lose a bunch of games because everyone else is going to do the exact situation. And uh, it's, it's not a normal year. And uh, there's just so much season remaining. I just really hope that the Hornets just stay healthy and keep their heads above water because I, if they come back to town below 500 again, that, that shouldn't be that much of a surprise considering how difficult the slate is going to be. When the schedule came out originally for the second half, uh, I looked at March as survive and May as advance. So they're getting into survival mode right now. Uh, and with how compact things are in the Eastern Conference, you know, survival is going to be difficult. I mean, a couple of cases in point, you know, the Miami Heat were looked at as having a very disappointing season after the first month. It looked like they were just trying to get their legs back under them after a long playoff run because they took off. They're now in the top five. And the Atlanta Hawks were performing so poorly that they had a coaching change, and now they've reeled off a few wins in a row, and they're in the top eight. So things can change very quickly, and they can go the other way. Uh, we saw you know, Sacramento early in the season. They were in a playoff spot. Then they had a long losing streak. So you know, what kind of tolerance for, uh, for pain should Hornets fans have looking at this? I, I don't think the team looks at any of these games coming up and says we can't win this. Or you know, they're, they're certainly coming into it at the right time, full health, full confidence. But uh, they might not be in the top five or six when they return home from the West. Yeah, it's amazing. I was just looking at the standings. I can't believe what's happening with the Indiana Pacers. You know, I no one loves DeMontis Sabonis more than me, and Malcolm Brogdon is, to me, a top 15 player in the league. And the fact that they have just gone directly south and they're now, you know, well behind the Hornets in the Eastern Conference standings, it just goes to show you, man, it's just every single night these matchups are difficult. And you just got to keep going when you're going well and try and limit the, the bad stretches. Uh I really think that the Hornets would be a fantastic challenge. I love this five-game set uh, out west because you got it's the best of the best. You know, it's Denver, it's the Clippers, it's the Lakers, and I, if you can steal one of those games, and then all of a sudden you got a puncher's chance against San Antonio that you owe one to, and then you finish it off against the Houston Rockets that are reeling and obviously heading in the wrong direction. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but. I'm telling you, if the Hornets, one win on this road trip would be a success. Two would be unbelievable. And three would be, oh, my God, punch your playoff ticket. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting so excited about this team. So, I don't know. But I definitely think you're right. You know, the way the schedule is set up, you know, March, a gauntlet, April, survive, and then May, thrive. Because May does look great. But so many things, Sam, can change between now and May. You know, injuries could pile up. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen at the trading deadline. Um, so the next game is always the most important one, like James Brego always says. So we shall see. JB also talked about the excitement of getting on the road with the team, how he likes it just to build camaraderie and, and really enjoyed the Western conference trip at the tail end of the first half. Who wouldn't, they went three and three and they, they had some very exciting games. This is an odd year. Uh, we are together all the time in the arena, but not getting to be together on the road uh, as we would in normal circumstances. What's one thing that you miss most about road trips, about the travel schedule that comes with being an NBA announcer? Well, you know, I've been in this business for long enough that I kind of have friends in every port. 
And that's something that I've missed out on because of the pandemic, you know, just, I haven't seen friends come to visit me. I haven't been able to visit friends. You know, I've lived in a, a bunch of different spots across the country. And, you know, when we're all in Minneapolis, I've got, you know, a good family friend who I get a chance to go out to lunch with or maybe dinner the day before. Uh, when I go out to LA, I've got a lot of friends that, uh, you know, I used to work with out in LA and uh, I used to get a chance to spend time with them and see their kids, you know, who have grown up in a year since I last saw them. And really basically every NBA city I have, friends and uh that's kind of a big thing you know not being able to do that um and also i'm a big foodie um not necessarily highbrow you know but i just i've got my best hot dog stand in chicago that i like to go to you know i've got my best cheesesteak place that i love to go to when i'm in philadelphia you know i've got this nice place that's totally undercover this thai place believe it or not in salt lake city that i absolutely love so it's kind of one of those things that uh, a real pleasure for me is once a year getting a chance to to kind of go places and experience cuisine and see a different part of the world. And that's, it's frustrating, but I think we'll get back to that at some point. I would agree with you there. It's also been a year where we've all had to find silver linings to the situation we're all in. And even though it's been a year of a lot of heartache and disappointment and loss, uh, there have been silver linings, people rediscovering things that uh, they, they didn't realize they were missing or, or whatever it was in their personal lives. What has been a silver lining for you from the year that we've experienced? That's a great call, Sam. Yeah, I, um, I've got two daughters. So one's high school, one's in middle school. And time's flying fast, man. And the fact that they, you know, it's probably, obviously, I feel for them. You know, they've missed out on a year of what would be one of 18 of their childhood. Um, but I've tried to absorb every single moment that I can with my girls. Um, either playing in the backyard with the volleyball, going to volleyball tournaments with them, um, walking around the block with with the dog, you know, playing Monopoly at three o'clock in the afternoon. You know, the time's getting short for, for my girls to be here in this nest and the opportunity for me to spend as much time as possible as opposed to being in a hotel room, you know, for 10 consecutive days out in Oklahoma City and Milwaukee. You know, that's nice, but it gets old too. And you just feel like the world's passing you by. So the world hasn't passed me by this year. You know, I've made a point to be present every moment of the day with my family. That is such a great silver lining. Uh, that's the best one that you can have. And hopefully everyone out there has uh, taken advantage of that silver lining as well in what has been a very challenging year. Challenging game coming up for the Hornets tonight. They're in Denver, Ball Arena. Unclear if that was named for LaMelo or not, but we're going to talk about it with Eric Collins in just a moment here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Eric Collins, our guest today on the HHC Hornets beginning this five-game Western Conference road trip. Second to last time they'll see a Western Conference team on a road trip. They've got a, a quick jaunt to Oklahoma City as a part of that big Eastern Conference trip later on in the second half. But this one's the gauntlet. They'll see both L.A. teams, Clippers and Lakers. They'll see the San Antonio Spurs throw in Houston in there, who certainly is hungry for a win. But tonight it's the Denver Nuggets. It's the Joe it's Murray, and it's at Ball Arena, which, again, I, I'm not sure how long it's been called Ball Arena. Was it fun, done for LaMelo, Eric? <laughs> I, I don't know about all that, but, yes, it's uh, it's a difficult place. So if LaMelo can play well there, I'll be impressed. Maybe they should name it for him because the Hornets have had all sorts of problems there over the years. I don't know the altitude, the quality of team. I have no clue. 
Um, but it's uh, it's not an easy place for this franchise. And even before they were on this recent run, it, it, you mentioned the altitude that certainly sticks out to me. Uh, I'm someone who you know when when I was actually in somewhat for the time playing shape, you know, a younger athlete. Anytime uh, we would travel to any kind of elevation, y- you feel it immediately. Uh, and you hear it all the time from NBA players and players across all sports that that adjustment is real. How much of a factor is that for a young team where you've got a lot of guys who you know maybe have been in the league a year or two but don't experience that very much and don't know uh, necessarily how to adjust all that well? Yeah, I don't uh, I don't like the situation that the NBA set up with, and I usually I never complain about the schedule. To me, there's nothing you can do about it. But when you start your road trip out in Denver and then you have to play your second game of the road trip immediately the next day uh, in L.A. against the Lakers. So back-to-back games with the first one being at elevation, uh, that seems like a tall, tall task. Um, but I don't know. My partner, Del Curry, who is, you know spent 16 years in the short pants, he knows better than I do. And he always says that, uh, that elevation is a big deal for the first five minutes of the game, and then you kind of just move on. So... Uh, hopefully the Hornets take that tact and, and hopefully you know, it doesn't affect them. Hopefully it doesn't affect them on the second game of a back-to-back because they're going to need to be firing at all cylinders against LeBron James and the Lakers. Denver the other day beat the Pacers and they really beat up on them with their second unit. Uh, fourth quarter started, uh, Nikola Jokic, Murray, they were on the bench getting ready for their late game run. And I think the the Nuggets went on like a 20-2 to two or 20-4 to four run, something like what the Hornets did uh, in the first quarter against Toronto. Denver did in the fourth quarter against a Pacers team that we both like. You know, they've got a lot of talent. It's, it's a bit of a head-scratcher why uh, they've started to slip a little bit in the standings. Uh, the depth of this Denver Nuggets team what impresses you about them and, and what chances do you give them of making it out of the West? Something that, you know, they're looking at as the next step potentially. Uh, you know, they, obviously the slow start for them this year was a bit of a surprise. I thought that they were going to build on their lot of their, um, their bubble success and just come out of the shoot playing fantastic basketball. Um, they did not, but they're playing way better now. Uh, Jokic is always a really difficult matchup for the Hornets just because he's so unique. Uh, I don't even know how to describe the guy, uh, but he puts up huge numbers against the Hornets, even though he can't jump over a pencil. Uh, I'm curious to see Michael Porter. You know, we didn't see much of him last year. I think he only played in one of the games that the Hornets had um, against the Nuggets. Um, But I, he was one of the guys that a couple of years ago, I was kind of crossing my fingers and thinking that maybe the Hornets would, would possibly consider as a draft pick because I'm a big believer in ceiling guys, and his ceiling is as high as anyone's. Uh, and I love Jamal Murray. I think Jamal Murray is such a special player. I love guys with pure athletic shooting strokes, and uh, I think he's as pure as it gets. I think he is just uh, the consummate scorer. And I like him as a person, too. He seems he comes across as a really kind of chill guy who's a, a smart guy, very erudite. So, anyway, I like I like Denver. I, have, I like what they've got going forward, and uh, I, don't know, I just I hope – and hoping against hope that the Hornets can keep with them for the four quarters. What's the key to doing it? Because the Nuggets seem to be built to have strengths everywhere. The Hornets are a, a little bit thinner. That's primarily on the interior. And, and I said earlier that I don't think there's a better time Charlotte could be hitting this road trip because they're at full health, they're at full confidence. You know, there, There's no better situation to come into this with. But at the same time, you know, the, the Joker is a problem for a lot of NBA teams, but... 
uh, Charlotte, with the recent performance and uh, and difficulties defending the paint, you're going up against one of the most skilled and savvy big men in the NBA. Yeah, I to me the the one advantage or unadvantage the Hornets may have is is the speed on the wings, man. If, if Lamelo can um, get find himself and get some open floor opportunities, I love when he's out there and Terry Rozier and, and Malik Monk. And Miles Bridges and those guys are just kind of doing their thing and, and maybe beating Denver um, to the punch, maybe playing faster than Denver wants to play. Maybe a little bit scary because, as we've mentioned, you know they're playing at altitude and it is the first of a back-to-back. You don't know how much energy you want to expend in game one of the road trip. But uh, to me, that's that's something that would possibly work well against a team like Denver who wants to set it up in the half court and dump it down to Joker and have him kind of create his own unique brand of offense. Well, hopefully the Hornets can get it done, give you a couple hum-diddly-dees and how-do-you-do's, and the Hornets can make it five in a row. Eric Collins, thank you so much for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Looking forward to seeing you at Spectrum Center tonight. Let's go Hornets. Go Hornets indeed. Thanks again to Eric Collins, television voice of the Charlotte Hornets, for joining us today. A reminder, we'll have another edition of the HHC tomorrow, as requested by Matt Carroll the other day on the Hornets Hivecast. We're putting Sam Purley on the spot for late-night duties after a Hornets potentially after midnight contest tonight against the Nuggets. Uh, Sam Purley will be with us for tomorrow's podcast to break down this one and also get you ready for Hornets versus Lakers game two of this five game road trip. Till next time, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it has been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us on the Hornets Hivecast. And in the words of LaMelo Ball, thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.